Hey everyone! Today we're going to be doing another Sims roleplay, me and Tete. So this time I'm going to be roleplaying Joel and Tete is going to be roleplaying the Golden Age Lois from the Superman comics. Absolutely. Golden Age Lois is my favorite version. You can't beat the OG. And this is Lois at her finest. Right. So if you're listening on Anchor, check the description and click on the YouTube link to watch this in real time. Well, so you're going to see the Sims and we're going to be talking over them as, you know, they interact. So this is Lois and this is Joel. So they're oh. dressed in retro clothes as, you know, which fits their setting. Exactly. They are pro they're pretty much in the same setting when you think about it. Right. And I think the, the context of this meeting is that they're in a park and they're going to be just randomly talking. Yes, Lois has gone to the park to clear out her mind from the turmoils of her tumultuous journalistic life. And she encounters this young man who is no, uh, very polite. Cool. <laughs> oh, how nice it is today, isn't it? Yes, it is very nice. It's a very pleasant day. It's hard to believe that despite pleasant days, sometimes unpleasant things are happening right within our city. Oh, absolutely. There's so much darkness to this, you know, the society, this modern society that everyone loves to praise. But, you know, there's so many problems. By the way, as an interesting side note, Joel does not find Lois attractive. He perceives her as unattractive, according to the game. Oh, well, don't worry. Clark and Mishka love her. <laughs> I, I think he thinks everyone's unattractive, except for Malka. Tattoosia. He doesn't like Tattoosia, right? I forgot. Okay, let me see. Unattractive, yeah. Oh my, well, that makes sense. I mean, do you think Tattoosia and Lois are very similar? Yeah, there's a... What the heck? Okay, there's something wrong with Joel's programming. He perceives Malka <laughs> as unattractive. Yeah. Not on Earth. Oh, no. I know. So, okay, I am going to um, recalibrate his attraction right now and see what happens then. That's wrong. <laughs> what on Earth, Joel? I know. OMG. That was terrifying. Okay, so pick pick Malka heavy strength. So now she, he really likes her. So let's see what he thinks of Lois now. He still thinks of her as unattractive. Or does he, right. is he still in his weird... Okay, now he perceives Malka as extremely attractive, but Lois is still unattractive. And Gerda's unattractive. Tamara is basic looking, so she has improved. Uh -huh. She's no longer unattractive, but just basic looking. Well, at least, at least she stepped up in the world, according to Joel's eyes. Reinvig is basic looking. I sure hope that Joel does not say this in front of Andre or... Clark slash Miska because he's going to end up with a black eye. Uh, the other Gerda who's married to the Frost Lord, uh, no, Borat now, she is perceived yeah, as unattractive. So every female here is unattractive or basic except for Malka. Wow. Malka definitely won the heart of the king here. Mm -hmm. Oh, the other Malka, the SBB one, is also extremely attractive because she's a clone. Oh, yeah, that's true. She is a clone. She's just wearing an outfit. Yeah. How about Lo oh, the other Lois is basic. Other <laughs> Lois. And to, and to think she's a redhead. Yeah. Oh, and she, oh, he thinks Finola is attractive. What, what? Okay, he thinks Merwin is extremely attractive. Hi. How are these women, no offense, how are they attractive? 
<laughs> but we'll see what happens. Oh, he he sees Katya as attractive too. I can understand Marwan and Katya. They are attractive women, but not Fanola of all people. Oh, Sasha? Remember Sasha? He she is perceived as unattractive. Okay, anyways, he does not perceive uh Lois as attractive. Let's let's continue. Yes, yes, yes let's continue. Uh -huh. So uh y'all can pick up the convo. And he just goes on, yeah, this society is, you know, kind of screwed, isn't it? Like, you're very right about that. There's all sorts of corruption going on. In fact, just today, had to undergo really terrible experience. One of our local aldermen has been taking bribe money from some union bosses. Can you believe it? Oh my gosh, I know. It's just so corrupt. The society, everyone's so selfish and so focused on the material. They are, and they're all thinking about power and money, power and money, regardless of the safety and well being of their fellow man. It's utterly disgusting. By the way, I'm Lois, uh, Lois Lane, reporter at the Daily Planet. What's your name? My name is Joe Farber. I'm just a bookkeeper at a, at a grocery store. Oh, that's a nice job. I mean, I guess it's pretty calm where you work at, huh? Yeah, I guess. He's like, it's just a tiny room with no windows. Perfect, huh? That sounds really depressing, though. I mean, can't you get a room with a window? No, it's a storeroom, basically. I mean, the, the grocery store is just so small that there's basically no room for me to do anything. So that's why they had to clear out a storeroom, and that's my office. That's kind of sad, Mr. Farber. I mean, surely maybe you could work on the countertop. Does it have, like, a little soda fountain thing? No, it's just ridiculously small. And he's like, well, Miss Lane, what do you work at? Well, as I said, I'm a reporter at the Daily Planet, and I'm actually kind of neck to neck uh, with one of my peers, so I'm not quite the star reporter, but I'm getting there. Hmm, I see. You're quite, you're quite great at your work, aren't you? Oh, I wouldn't say I'm great, but I'm determined. That's the thing, and that's the whole thing about being in the journalistic business. You have to be. Very tough, very determined, and very ambitious. And I'll tell you, sometimes it's hard to get a scoop because somebody's bound to steal it from you. That's true. So what do you think is the most tough part of being a reporter? Do you think it's the fact that you have to compete with people to get scoops? No, not really. I mean, that in itself is probably the most challenging thing, I would say. But it really has me as... It's the dangers of it all, especially when you're trying to expose people in power or percent on assignment. Never know what'll happen. I used to think that I would just be stuck behind a you know typewriter getting information, but I've had all sorts of crazy things happen to me. I've been kidnapped a few times, shot at, uh, nearly poisoned, locked in a safe one time. I mean, it is a very very perilous business. Um, I'm not sure why people would say it's an easy job. Ooh. And then suddenly in The Sims, Joel has suddenly switched into his Speedo. <laughs> very random. Very Sims. <laughs> I'm switching him back. Because he wants to go to the river and swim. Because, you know, he's addicted yeah. to swimming as a merman. A merman. But yes, Joel continues... 
That's true. He's like, there's many risks. He's like, but is that how you believe, you know, um, journalism should be like? You have to take so many risks? I thought journalism was just basically reporting the truth. I guess you're taking the truth quite literally, aren't you? Exposing people. Well, the truth comes at a very high price and at a very high risk, but the people have to know the truth. I mean, we let these we let these son of a guns get away with anything they want. I mean, think about the society and world we'll have. I mean, everything would fall apart. Everything would fall under a terrible oppression. But we have to fight against it. I guess it's part of a fight for the truth. It's a, it's a battle for truth, a battle against the establishments, as my father would say. I see. Um, Joel is quiet for, for some time. By the way, they're taking a picture in The Sims. Retro, I love it. Which symbolizes their growing friendship. He's like, I find that very admirable, Miss Lane. But at the same time, do you think it's also a little bit futile and maybe a bit selfish too? Because why are you pursuing it? Surely there must be another reason why you are pursuing it, not just because of the goodness of your heart. Like, oh, well, I suppose in the beginning it was all about the goodness of heart. It was more of a, more of a driven by conviction i guess i've been raised that way always to try to do the right thing no matter what even if it risks everything because sort of balances out everything in the end but got to admit i do have some ambitions to become famous and possibly inside these establishments to clean them up hmm he just is very thoughtful for a while and then he looks at Lois a little bit more carefully, and he says, but isn't it, you know, not fair to your family and friends that you're always putting yourself in so much risk? What if someone can't save you? Then, you know, your family and friends will be missing you. Uh, I'll be honest, Joel. I don't have family. I, um, sort of left where I was from a long time ago, and I tried to come back. It was too late. They were already gone didn't spend enough time with them. I kind of let work consume me, and I guess now all I have is work left, and as for friends, I don't know. It's hard to tell who's a real friend and who's not. I mean, for people whom I think are my friends, but they turn around and do something behind my back, so I can't trust anyone really but myself, Joel, and kind of a tough and lonely road, but You're if I'm lonely... Might as well take risks, right? I mean, who's going to miss me? Joel is quiet for a while because, you know, these words weigh heavily on his conscience because he's also a very lonely person who has family and friends, but he always feels disconnected with them. So he looks at Lois and then he continues, that's true. And he's like, I think a lot of people are like you, though. Most people are just not willing to admit it. They want to put up a front of being so happy and having so many family and friends. But even if they do have family, they really love them. So many family members don't actually care who you are. They only care about who you, th who they think you are. She says, that's true, Joel. Got to admit, I don't know if I had too much of that with my folks, but yes, I just, maybe it wasn't so much who they thought they were, but rather what I thought they were. And 
how to admit I I didn't do right by my parents. So I left and I left everything and kind of became someone I wasn't. But you know, I've been wearing a mask for so long, can't take it off because there's nothing left of who I had been. Mm-hmm. And then Jill just looks at her sadly and he says, I think a lot of people have similar experiences. Even those of us who are not in the spotlight, you know, even someone like me, just in this tiny little warehouse room. Oh. Well, you say you're. Would you say that you are yourself, Joel? He's like, I don't know. What do you mean? I mean, to whom? Whose perspective are you talking about? My it's parents? To, to myself? Well, yes, to yourself. No one else. I mean, that's what. What should matter because if your parents don't care about who you are and all that matters is that you're accountable to yourself that's something i've had to do but i really haven't haven't collected on it yet but i'll tell you there's some happenings going on that i might be proving myself sometime pretty soon that's wonderful and then he says i think i am true to myself but you know, the idea of a self itself may be problematic. We don't really know when the self begins and when the other starts, do we? The more I, the more I go through life, the more I think you're right. But there has to be something. There has to be something that we can do. Some sort of big action or great deed that we're meant for. And it'll define us. Or, or rather, it'll, make, it'll force us to realize who we are not just the mask we wear or kind of mask we mold because society says this is the perfect mask to wear. Hmm. And then Joel thinks about it and he says, well, I think it depends. It's just so, everything about life is so, you know, it's so subjective. How can we really determine if there really is a path? And if there is one, I mean, it depends on what that person wants. She says, I guess that's why you have to decide what you want. Have you decided what you want out of life, Joel? No, not really. I think for now, I just like being small and just having everything really simple. I don't like big, dramatic things. I don't really care about taking risks. I'd rather just stay in that little storeroom and, you know, be happy with what I have. She says she abruptly pauses and she bites her lip. No, I think I, I wish I could be in that position because I think maybe you have found true happiness, haven't you, in a way, because you sort of found the answer to question. Hmm. He's like, I don't know if I have. I mean, what is happiness? Does it just mean the absence of pain? But what if you're so numb that you don't even feel much anymore? So what is happiness? I think happiness is a sense of joy, it's a sense of peace, it's a sense of belonging. It's a sense of knowing that you're significant, something admirable, whether that is a cause or a person. Hmm. Well, I don't know. I think I'm pretty admirable because I'm actually happy with what little I have and a lot of people are not happy and then he just kind of stops. Wait. I'm contradicting myself. I said I don't know what happiness is, but yet I defined myself as happy. So I just fell into the societal 
emotional shorthand. We still don't know what happiness is, but so many people claim to be happy. Oh, maybe happiness is subjective. I mean, I think I know what happiness is and I want to find it. And I don't know if I really will find it, but maybe I'll find it if I stop living for something besides myself. Hmm. And Joel thinks about it. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's true. And he's like, yeah, I, I guess it just depends. And well, do you think you're living for yourself when you try to expose what is happening? You know, all these corrupt people. Are you doing it for yourself or are you doing it for, you know, these faceless people called the public? So does that count as living for someone else, even though there is no particular person you're living for? No. Articulated it very perfectly because many times I often feel like that. It's kind of what made me my path in my career really my path but my drive for it mm -hmm. I, I think maybe i'm not i think maybe it's all devolved into my own ambition and that has me scared because i want to do right by the people i have to not think them as a faceless public or just ungrateful cynics i i have to think of something bigger sort of why a few months I'll be uh, be heading overseas to do something. Uh, let's just say it's going to test the metal of my character. I see. That sounds like a very big thing. You know, I wish you the best of luck. By the way, in The Sims, it says, Joel has noticed that Lois's eyes are lingering on him more and more. There's an intensity to their stare with their attention fixed squarely on Joel, and this may be the chance to move things into a more intimate direction. Is Joel gonna accept Lois's advances or ignore her? Lois is Lois finds Joel fascinating, but she's not interested. Um, she's too focused on her work, and she wants to tell she wants to give Joel a little scoop on something she finds very funny and ridiculous. What is that? Maybe Joel should ask her. What are you shooting at me that look for? Well, I was just thinking of something hilarious and thinking, you know, there's no harm if I tell you this because honestly, I think it's rubbish. You know what my next assignment is going to be? Well, what is it? I top assignments, as my editor would call it. You know what I'm? You know what I'm going to be doing, Joel? I can't imagine. It's ridiculous. You're going to laugh. It's the most stupid thing. It is an absolute farce. They're taking me for a fool, but I'm going to the USSR in the next two months. Oh, to do what? You know why? Um, hmm. Is it about some diplomacy thing? No. No, it's not. It, they're sending me there to cover story but apparently these brilliant Soviet scientists have created some sort of, I don't know, super performing human being who can do things like crush metal with his bare hands like it's paper and uh, lift great things like, I don't know, a train or a tank like you and I would lift a crate full of bananas or something. And here's the kicker. 
here's the real kicker that just has me seething with rage. Like, how stupid can people think they are? They say that this idiot can fly. Fly? Like, how? Is he going to fly with wings? Is he going to fly with a jetpack? I mean, no, because according to different sources, including um, right now, you know that the USSR has been having tensions with another country. Uh, they claim that he just simply floats and soars in the sky. Like, how stupid is that? Hmm. And he says, I don't know. It sounds like, you know, propaganda or something. You know, probably some kind of complex film filmmaking thing. You know, Sergei oh, no, Eisenstein. No oh, there, there's no film. There's, there not, there's not even a photograph of this fool. I don't even know what he looks like. It's probably just some kind of nonsense or some space race thing, right? When they say fly, they mean in a rocket. Oh, no. According to the uh, to the terrified enemy, the man was just flying around, it, not in any spacecraft, but by his, his own self. Hmm. And tearing apart their tanks with his bare hands. Like, this is ridiculous. I mean, don't get me wrong. It honestly sounds like something, like, very... Uh, like something from uh i don't know sounds like something from uh samson doesn't it but the whole flying thing is just utter utter rubbish i mean what on earth are they do they really take us for fools i can't believe i'm going there i'm going to be made such a fool of i'm going to be the laughing stock of the of of, of the journalist society well don't think about it that way just have fun in the ussr and learn about a different society and see what they're actually talking about Oh, that's true. I suppose I will. I'll try to make the best of it. Oh, still, I'd like to know who this who this jughead is. I mean, science making a man like that. I don't believe it. Seems very like, unethical. Oh, I don't know if it's science. It could be something else. Who knows? I mean, I don't believe science can reach that possibility yet. I mean, don't get me wrong. We have machines, but can't do that for people can we no or maybe it's you know like i said it's probably some kind of attention grabbing propaganda the whole you know the new new soviet man kind of thing taken to an extreme very true they're always talking about their stupid ideals it's ridiculous it's just a ridiculous conformity that nobody can achieve and what? Bet this is all a fraud, and I'm going to expose it. I'm going to expose this man and everything about this whole concept. I'm going to expose it and make them the laughing stock. Hmm. Yeah, that sounds interesting. We'll see what happens. Well, I certainly hope I'll see you again, uh, Joel, and then that way I can tell you about my adventures when I get back, and... I was going to say probably in the next month or so, um, feel free to buy a weekly issue of the planet now and then. You might see my story in there. Hmm, yeah, so he raises his eyebrow. I will definitely check. And he's like, well... I'll try to get a photograph of that son of a bitch, too. That would be interesting, yes. And he's like, well, if you wanted to reach out to me, here's my, here's my, uh, my business card. And he gives something that's really ugly to her. It's like a piece of cardboard with like his name scribbled in, in ink on it. You know, we, we have a very low budget at the grocery store, so this was all I could afford. Oh, well, don't worry. It's how do I say you have to make do with what you have. Um, here's my business card if you ever want it. And 
if you ever get any breaking story that's actually real and not crazy propaganda, you're more than welcome to drop by my office. Um, it's a very tiny little thing in the corner because no one's given me a promotion yet. But here's my card. Feel free to drop by and see me anytime, Joel. All right. See you, he says. See you. Thank you. So in The Sims, he has suddenly switched into a speedo and he's about to start swimming. And the mood is very flirty right now. Lois Lane was flirting at him and she was blowing him a kiss. Wow, Lois. Well, maybe maybe she likes Joel because maybe maybe he he's going to remind her of someone in the future. True. And oh my god, she she's just she's so happy just looking at his ass but who wouldn't i mean i'm happy <laughs> well by the way did you see the random rabbit that appeared no he got dressed in little clothes yeah peter rabbit yeah he's going you know how joel's like when he spots the river he's gonna jump in and he's gonna turn <laughs> into a mermaid <laughs> that's how he ends every social meeting he's like yeah i have to go swimming now <laughs> let's follow him <laughs> Him. And oh then we'll God. end the stream. But yeah, we're gonna see him uh, turn into a merman after. You know, I love this uh, expansion pack. It's so beautiful. But yeah, he he's just jogging and <laughs> let's see where he goes to swim. I think it's the river. Oh my gosh, this is a bit beautiful though. It's he's such an emotional. addict. Yeah, it's hilarious though. Imagine if you had every comic that ended like this. Yeah, he's like. Sorry, I have to go swimming now. And then he turns into a mermaid. Just into a mermaid. Oh my gosh, he's gotta reach the shore eventually. I know, it takes forever. <laughs> what a long path. I would love to walk on this path. Mm-hmm. Where the hell is he going? Where's the water? Holy jeez. He's getting tired. And now he stopped. And he's gonna talk to this random woman. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, that's it for today, guys. Thank you. Thank you.